5 says, he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Today I want to come because I feel as though there's someone in this place that you have uh, your concern because you feel as though uh, the Lord has forgotten about your situation. He has forgotten about uh, your circumstances of life, your situation, your issues, your problems. Uh, you have awakened morning after morning and it seems as though nobody cares. You pull back the shades of your life you look out and it seems as though the sun has been hidden by the clouds that are looming on your horizon. But the Bible today says that he maketh his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. As I was preparing last night and reading and I began to think about the sun as it hangs in the sky, it is... Uh, it dominates uh, the solar system. It is the largest uh, form of matter in our solar system. Every planet and every moon that orbits it is dwarfed in the size of the sun. From Mercury all of the way to Pluto. And I guess Pluto, some scientists here recently says that they don't even know if it's a planet. They said it may be a moon. But Whatever the celestial uh, uh, thing that orbits in our solar system, the sun is dominant in everything that orbits it. Without it, life as we know it would cease to exist. In ancient times, it was worshipped by those that were ignorant to uh, God's creation. It was sacrificed to by many. Uh, the sun's power, some science for all of you science folks. It says the sun's power is 386 billion, billion megawatts. My brain cannot even compute how much that is. And it is produced by nuclear fusion reactions. The temperature on the sun is 15.6 million Kelvins, and the pressure of it is 250 atmospheres. The surface of the sun is called the photosphere, and its temperature on the, on the, on the surface of the sun is 5,800 Kelvins. Some of you may say, well, why the science lesson? I want to just share with you, without it today, without the sun, there can be no life here on earth. If we were just a little bit closer, we would be consumed. If we were just a little bit further, we would freeze. Life as we know it would cease to exist. Even when it sets in the evening time, even when it drops 
below the horizon in the western sky, the effects of the sun can still be felt in our lives. Even when you don't see it. Even when it's dark outside. The sun will affect your life. And the scripture says that he makes it to rise in all of our lives on the evil and the good. It does not matter who you are. Doesn't matter your social status in life. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter who you are. The sun, every morning, it rises on all of the earth. Today, though, I want to talk about the sun that is not risen in the sky, but I want to talk about the sun that wants to rise in your heart. The scripture says that he's coming again and he's going to split the eastern sky. There's coming a day when the sun that we're looking for is no longer the sun that the earth revolves around, but is the sun of the living God, S-O-N, and not S-U-N. The Bible says, though, about the sun itself, and we know by science the sun is faithful every morning. We're not worried. We know that the sun is going to rise. We know it's going to come up over the horizon. When we go to bed at night, we know that if the Lord allows us to, to wake up in the morning, that the sun is going to shine. Again, we have no worries. We have no concerns. The sun is faithful. The scripture says, as long as the earth remains, there's going to be seed time and harvest. There's going to be cold and heat. There's going to be summer. There's going to be winter. All of those things are driven by the sun. He is faithful. God is faithful. What is going on in your life today? Maybe you look into the sky and it seems all dark. It seems all black and you can't, you, you can't seem to see the light of today. But I, I want to tell you, even when the night comes, the sun still affects your life. The sun still affects your life. Maybe it's dark in your life today. Maybe situations and circumstances you can't seem to control. We can't keep the sun from dropping over the horizon. I like it when, 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 when the time, when, when, is it fall back? Is it fall back or is it spring forward when you get more light? Somebody help me out. Spring forward when you get more. I like it when it's 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock and it's still light outside. Okay, it's fall. So now fall here is, 
it's starting to get dark early again and 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 we we want it to stay light because we can do more we can go more places when 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 I was younger when the sun just went down early I knew it was it was closer to the time that I had to go to bed at night and so I like daylight and even now when I tell my grandson it's time to go to bed he says well it's not dark outside it's still light something about the darkness we don't like but I want to tell you even when it's dark in your life the sun still affects your life even when you can't see all that is going on around you second Peter 3 and 9 says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What does that have to do with the sun? We love to bask in the warmth of the sun. We love feeling it on our faces as we tan, as we why are you laughing? <laughs> Some of us don't have to. <laughs> but we love the warmth of the sun. It's God's blessing to us. I want to tell somebody today that God's love is new and fresh. His mercy, His grace is waiting on you every morning. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's love. The Bible says that God loved us so much that He did what? He sent His Son. doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done. Every day the love of God is extended unto you. And even when you're doing those things that you don't need to do, you know you're not supposed to do it. When you're making choices that, that, are, that are not right for you, when you're saying things that are not right, when you're acting in ways that are not right, God's love is still there for you. He maketh his son to shine on the just and the unjust. His love is extended unto you day after day, Amen. night after night. God's love is extended unto you. Second Corinthians 4 and 6 says it this way, for God who hath commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. 
whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalms 84 and 11 says, For the Lord God is son and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Every day you can wake up and feel the love of God. Every day you can feel his mercy and his grace, his tender kindness because, his, because every day it is available to you. Doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter who you are, God's love is available. I like what Isaiah says in Isaiah 60 and 20. It says, the sun shall go no more down, neither shall the moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. I want to share with somebody in this place today. You have mourned. You have cried. You have shed tears. You have hurt. You have wondered. Does God even know? Does God even care? It seems as though the darkness has overtaken you, has overtaken your family. But today, I want to tell you that the sun is rising in your life. The days of your mourning shall be ended. And I believe that today it can happen for both you and me. All you've got to do is trust in the Lord. All you've got is turn yourself unto him and you will feel the warmth and the love of his mercy and his grace and you will find that God is concerned about you and about your situation. The son, hallelujah, the son, the S-O-N. Hallelujah. Now the sun that hangs in the sky is in the heavenlies. And all of our human efforts can't change the fact that it exists. It can't change the fact that it dominates everything. It can't change the fact that it can cause uh, things to happen in our lives. It can cause you to be a little sunburn if you, if, if you tend to, to be sunburn. It can, it can cause the plants to, to grow. All of those things, the sun that hangs in the heavenlies and much as we would like to try to control and harness his power, we cannot. It's the same thing with God's love. You, you can't you can't control his love. You can't control who God loves. You can't control his grace and his mercy. You can't control it. Even though you may push away from him. Even though you may turn your back and walk away from him. Some of us have at times in the past have turned and walked away from the Lord and just, just tried to forget about all of his grace and his mercy. But it does not matter. Wherever you go, no matter how dark it may get, no matter where you go in life, God's love still will find you. God's grace and mercy will still find you. God's love still reaches out to you and extends itself unto you. You can go to the highest mountain. You can go to the lowest valley. And the sun will still affect it. You can go to the North Pole and you can go to the South Pole. Those are cold places to be. But the sun 
still has an effect. Doesn't matter how cold you become in your life. Doesn't matter how cold you become in your relationship with God. God's love still can shine on you and cause those, those, those parts of your heart that has, that has gotten frozen and begin to melt it away. Today I want the, 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 the sun, the S-O-N, to begin to shine into this place because there are some of you, your hearts will begin to get cold before God. And I want the sun to begin to shine on you and cause those parts of you that, that have gotten hard and frozen and cold. I want him to begin to melt away those things that have caused you to get just locked up and closed up. God's spirit is here today to tell you that he loves you even in your anger and your bitterness and your pain and all of the things that you struggle with. God's love is here for you. Doesn't matter the hurt. Doesn't matter the pain. It doesn't matter those things that have caused you to, to, to just get frozen in life. You don't want to deal with anybody. You don't want to open yourself up to anybody because of the hurt and the pain that you have felt in this life. And it has caused you to close yourself off. It has caused you to seclude yourself. It has caused you to, to, to hide yourself, to find yourself some shelter so the sun and the rays of the sun won't shine on you. But it does not matter where you go. It does matter how you try to hide God's love and grace and mercy is going to find you and he's going to do something in your life and you all you got to do is allow yourself to be touched and moved on by the power of the Holy Ghost he maketh his son to rise it dominates everything around Matthew chapter 5 verse 45 let's 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 open it up again I want to just just take a look at it. It says, that ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. I, I, I need to take a moment and talk about the text for a second. I, I need to, to, because it is easy to take that one portion of Scripture and, and pull it out and, and use it to, to preach on or to teach on. But, but I, I want us to look for a moment at the book of Matthew and I want us to look at the context in which we find that particular portion of scripture we know that the book of Matthew was written by that one called Matthew or Levi a tax collector we believe that some scholars believe that the book was written sometime about 50 to 60 years after the death of Christ and that the book was written to Jewish descendants who had become Christians that were in the Syrian region of the world at that time. But, but now we see Jesus, the scripture says in the last few verses of chapter Four, it says that his fame began to be spread abroad because of all of the miracles and things that he began to do. The scripture says that he began to teach in their synagogues and he began to preach unto them the gospel of the kingdom. And when he began to do those things, something began to happen. See, something happens, church, when we begin to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom. The Bible says that those that were sick and those that were diseased began to be healed and all of those that had spirits that were of a lunatic so to speak they begin to be released and people begin to walk free from under the power of the enemy we are living in a day and in a time where people are being influenced and oppressed and 
depressed by things of life and situations and circumstances of life. But we need a church. We need a people. We need those that are called on the S-O-N, the call on the name of Jesus so that people can feel and see the love of God. And so the Bible says that Jesus' fame began to be spread abroad. And all of a sudden he goes and he begins, the Bible says that he looked out and he saw a multitude. And when he saw the multitude, the scripture says that he went up into a mountain, so to teach. We know this as what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And so sometimes we have to look out and we have to look over our communities and our jobs and, and we got to look over our schools and we got to look over our homes and we got to look over the multitudes of people that need to hear the gospel of the kingdom. And the scripture says that Jesus went up into a mountain. If we're going to do something for God, you've got to come up a little bit higher. You've got to come up from above the fray. You've got to come up from the average person. You've got to come up above the average church. I don't want to be an average Christian. I don't want to be an average church. I don't want to be just an average man. I want to do something from God for God. And I know that I, if I'm going to do that, I've got to come up a little bit higher. And the scripture says that when he came up, Guess what? His disciples, they followed him and they came to him. And he began to teach to them. He began to share with them the things of the, of the kingdom and of the gospel. He began to talk about what we call the, the Beatitudes and, and how we ought to live and act and, and, and show ourselves as Christians. And yet they weren't Christians yet, but they were just people. They were Jewish followers uh, uh, of the law and the Torah and the Old Testament. And they were the ones that were looking for a Messiah. There are those in our city that they don't understand this gospel. They don't understand who Jesus is. And, and we've got to come up a little bit higher. We've got to be able to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's going to take you and it's going to take us working together to fulfill the kingdom of God. They begin to tell them how to live and how to walk and how to talk. And that is the setting that, that we find this, this, these verses that we're about to share. And, and then the scripture says in verse 43, it says, and he begins to teach them about, uh, here it is, verse, he says, you have heard that it hath been said that thou shalt love thy neighbor. We're all right with that. Brother Thompson loves me. And guess what? I love him. That's right. These wonderful ladies here, they love me. And guess what? I love them back. But what about that one that can walk up to you and just look you right in the eyes and just go. Mm, I felt that. Some of you were like. I'm talking about hatred. Look at our world today. 
Look at the hate and the venom. How are you going to react? This is a serious question. Because people are facing it every day. If it's not you yet, just hang on. It's coming. And it's coming from both sides, all sides, top, bottom, left, right. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you look like. Our world is on that path. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Jesus was challenging them. Now, he finished. He says, now, you have heard that it's been said. Love your enemies and hate. Love your, your, your friends and hate your enemies. We're okay with that. Oh, yeah. We may not say it. But the man that doesn't like me or love me, he hates me because of the color of my skin. It's easy for me to justify and go, grind my teeth together, pound my fist together because of the hatred and the venom that they spew toward me. But that's not the way Jesus calls it. That's not the way Jesus sees it. No, 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 no. And we, the church, we the people of the living God, and I don't know how I got this far down here, but I'm here now. We've got to be able to stand up in the face of hatred and tell people, I love you. And guess what? God loves you too. He died for you. And I'm here to share with you the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, but that just kind of rubs us the wrong way. How dare they? Who do they think they are? Huh? We justify it. That's not where I want to stay. Let's, let's, Let's keep moving. And he tells them. You've heard it preached. You've heard it said. Leviticus, and, he, and Jesus was teaching a principle here. He, he was trying to, 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 to open up something to them. We are so easily led astray by, by, by things. We are so easily, uh, how can I say it? I, I don't want to say led astray because I don't. I, it, sometimes we are just uh, uh, confused. Maybe our understanding is small. One of the greatest things that you begin to teach to this church is how to look at the scriptures through Eastern culture eyes and how to understand things in the Word of God, not through the way we see things, because in, in, in our country, in this part of the world, we look at life much differently from the way they do. But Jesus is teaching them a principle, and he says, now, you've heard it said, love your, your friends, your neighbors, but your, but your enemies, you can, you can mistreat them and you can hate them. You've heard it taught that way. You've heard it preach that way. You've heard it uh, spread abroad in your communities, but that is not the way. And, and, and Jesus was quoting from Leviticus 19:18 when he says, thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But, but like we often do as people, we, we add on to the scriptures sometimes. Or we take 
the absence of what the scripture is not saying and we add our connotation to what we think the scriptures should say and it says you know the Jewish your Jewish brothers you're not to to hate them you're not to hold grudges against them we know in this place we've got a we, we want to go to heaven right, right. we are, and I want all of you to go to heaven with me and I can't hold a grudge against my brother and my sister and I've got to I've got to love them even though sometimes they may rub me the wrong way I still got to love them I mean genuine love we, we like to go well you know the Bible says I got to love them I don't have to like them but I got to love them I don't know how those things exist you don't like them but you love them I don't know but 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 we have got to love each other and we know it and we work on it and we love each other in spite of all of our shortcomings and our weaknesses but but when we get outside the doors and those that don't look like us and walk like us and talk like us and act like us and dress like us and, and do the things that we think they need to do in the sight of God it's easy for us to allow something to rise up on the inside of them and push them away and hold them away. But we've got to love them. The Bible says that he caused, he maketh his son to rise on the just and on the unjust. And we have got to show the love of God on the, those of the household of faith and those that are outside. But here we go. The other side. He says that he sendeth the rain. Now, the sun is a different thing. Doesn't matter where you go, it's still there. Doesn't matter if it sets or if it's on the rise. The sun is still going to affect you. Now, the rain, on the other hand, is different. The scripture says that he sends the rain. When it starts raining, it doesn't just rain over the entire United States. I mean, if it, if it was, I'd be looking for Noah. Because I'd be worried that something's going on. But he sends the rain. Now, I, I, I got to doing some more research last night and and sure enough when it comes to rain guess what's involved I, did somebody say it the sun the sun you've got to have the sun involved in the cycle of rain because what happens the sun begins to shine down on the earth the sun begins to heat the waters that are on the face of the earth. And guess what happens? When the sun begins to heat that water up, something begins to happen. It begins to evaporate. And, and, and you can't see it. You can't see it. But it begins to, to go up. It begins to go up. It begins to go up into the heavens. And the sun continues to shine down. And, and something begins to go up. And it begins to go up. And all of a sudden, you've got all of this, 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 this evaporation, this this vapor, this gas that is, that is going up into the heavenlies because the sun is continually heating the earth. The love of God is continually to shine in your life. But something has to happen. 
and, and those vapors, as they begin to go up in the air, pretty soon uh, they, they begin to go up and those, those water molecules begin to, to join together and they begin to, to, to latch on to, to each other, latch on, and they begin to, to get a little heavy and then they, they sink down a little bit and then the, the current of the wind would take them back up into the air. They'd go back and they, they'd collect more water molecules and... and Those raindrops are so heavy that they begin to, to fall back to the earth. When Drew began to play, let it rain. All I could do was say, thank you, Lord, because I wasn't sure if I should be here preaching what I'm preaching today. But somebody, you need the rain to fall in your life. There's a lot more that I could say. There's a lot more that I could say today. Test, test. There's a lot more that I could say. But some of you need rain in your life. You need the rain of the Holy Ghost to begin to fall in your life. Something has to happen. There's conditions that have to be set. The sun, first of all, has to begin to shine down on you, begin to warm you up. But then the, the water has to participate. It has to be a part of that cycle. It has to, to, to evaporate and has to go up into the heavenlies. Today, I don't know who you are. I don't know what your situation is because the Bible says that he sendeth the rain. A cloud may pop up somewhere on the western side of our country and, 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 and all of a sudden the jet stream will begin to take that cloud and begin to move it across the sky because there is a place that rain needs to fall and I don't believe it's just a coincidence I believe that it is uh, ordained by God. I believe that God has his hand in nature. I believe today that God has his hand in your life and in my life. And, and so this cloud, it pops up on this side of the country and it begins to, to, to fill up with water. And, and there's, you know, you can just, just see it in the spirit as it begins to feel and, and the wind, the jet stream begins to, to move that cloud and all of a sudden it gets to a place at a specific point in time and at a specific place and all of a sudden, all of those water molecules that have begun to, to, to build up and to grow they begin to come down begin to rain down you know, I, I, was, I was a little hesitant on preaching this. Number one, because of all of the water that our brothers and sisters in Houston, and they don't want any more rain right now. But this is a different kind of rain. Some of you you need rain. Some of you, you're dry. 
Brother T, you shared something with me at the beginning of the service. And now I think it should have been that way. Because somebody needs to recognize that you are in a desert place. But you've got to participate. You've got to lift up. You've got to allow the water in your life. Isn't it amazing that, and I don't know the percentage, but a the majority of who we are as a person is made up of what? Water. You've got to allow who you are to be shined on by the Lord. You've got to allow him to heat you up. You've got to allow yourself to lift your hands and your voice in praise unto him and I promise you I promise you the more you lift it up the more you send up into the heavenly some of you wonder why you're not getting a downpour in your life I want you to look at how much are you sending up into the heavenlies there's not much rain in a desert place. But there's not much water there either. If there's much water, I believe there'll be much rain. Allow the Lord to reign in your life, but you have to participate in the cycle of rain. There's so much more I could say. Deuteronomy 11 and 14, as the musicians come, he says, I will give you rain, the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain. And here's why. He says that thou may gather thy corn, thy wine, and thy oil. Some of you got needs in your life. You need corn. You need wine. And you need oil. The scripture says that he'll send rain. But there, there's another condition that has to be set. Leviticus 26 and 4 says, Then will I give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Hosea 6 and 3 says this, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. Hmm. The sun coming up over the horizon. But then it goes on and it describes the Lord this way. It says, and he shall come unto us as the rain. The latter and the former rain unto the earth. But here's the conditions. 
You know, verse 20, verse 4 of Leviticus 26 says that he'll give you rain in due season. But one verse before that says that if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. We read in Deuteronomy 11 and 14, he says, I will give you the rain of your land in due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest gather thy corn, thy wine, and thine oil. But just a few verses earlier in verse number eight, it says, therefore shall ye keep all my commandments, which I command you this day, that you may be strong and go in and possess the land, whether ye go to possess it. I want you to stand right now. There's so much more that I could say, but I don't want to get in the way. I just want the rain to fall. When you lift your voice, he sends the rain. So he looks down from heaven and he sees this young man who has committed himself to the Lord. He sees him as he worships. He sees him as he lifts his hands. He sees him coming in here and praying and seeking the face of the Lord. He's just, he's just lifting it up. He can feel the love of God every day. It's warming his life. And he's just, he's just allowing himself to be evaporated. He's sending up praise and he's sending up worship. He's, God sends. He seeks out and he sends his reign. Everybody in this place can feel the love of God. But everybody doesn't always feel the rain that's why you ever seen in service you've been over here and you know you've, you've sung with the choir and the praise team and you know you've just kind of participated and all of a sudden back over in the back somebody somewhere somebody goes when you go what in the world who was that It, it almost startles you. Your heart starts beating fast. You're thinking, wow, what's going on? That's because all of a sudden they can, they can feel the rain. And where it was dry. See, see, we're in a country where, you know, when we get thirsty, what do we do? 
go to Walmart, get us a bottle of water. We don't want tap water anymore. We want a bottle of water. But if you've ever been in a dry place, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord. And I just want you to begin to worship Him, praise Him. Whatever you want to do. I promise you. As you send it up, those praises and that worship will begin to begin to bump into each other and begin to get heavy. The more you send up, the heavier it'll get. And then all of a sudden you'll begin to feel a little drop. You've been outside before where you feel a little drop. And you wonder, whoa, what was that? I guess it's about to rain. And in one moment, it's just a little sprinkle. And in the next moment, it's a downpour. Lord, I need a downpour. I need a downpour. I need you to rain in my life. I need you to reign in this church. Hallelujah. Lord, let your love shine in this place, oh God. That man, that woman. Hallelujah, that girl, that young man, Lord, that needs to feel the love of your spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, open the floodgates of heaven. Let it rain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let it rain, let it rain, let it rain. Open the floodgates, O oh God of heaven. Rain the Holy Ghost. Your word says that you would send it. Hallelujah. The former and the latter together. Send it into this place, O oh God, I pray. Fill lives with the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost in this place. Halataya, thank you, Jesus. These altars are open. Hallelujah, you're dry. Allow the Lord to reign in you. Hallelujah, lift up your praise unto him. Lift your voice. Clap your hands. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. As you send it up, he'll send it down. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let it rain, oh God, in this place I pray. Oh, hallelujah.
floodgates of hell. 